Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When with the voice of your childhood, Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? Well, here we are back together again. Uh, Conrad, how are you doing? Uh, Happy New Year to you and everyone. How about it? 2024. Is it New Year, New You, Tony? Is that what it is? No. It's New Year, same old shithead. Well, Uh, you know, uh, let's see, January. What's it going to be, uh, when we celebrate uh, another year of doing I mean, this podcast right now? All right. I mean, it's this month here in, in the month of this January, month, yeah. right? Who would have thought well, as you're watching, uh, the guy we now know is big bill in the Royal rumble in San Antonio, all these years later, you would personally know that guy and be so knee deep in the wrestling business. Yeah. Nobody would have ever guessed that. What a fun little ride this has been here on what happened when, huh? Yeah, and a, a shout out to Big Bill, who uh, really put his life back together on a personal note for him, and has become uh, just a real great guy to have at AEW. Uh, Big Bill, of course, big cast at that time, and uh, I went on to uh, <laughs> I went on to to be in this business. Uh, fuck you for that, Conrad. And he's a tag team champion. Look, everybody's, uh, in a much happier place. Most of the time, maybe, Hey, listen, we, uh, we, we got to suffer through bowl season. I say suffer through because all those hapless Florida state Seminoles just got just destroyed by your Georgia bulldogs. And, uh, somehow, some way Alabama did not make the national championship. Michigan dominated Washington. They are the new champs. Did you watch any of the bowls at all, Tony? Or are you just divorced from college sports? Yeah, I'm, div- I'm divorced from sports, to be honest with you. Didn't watch, didn't watch any of that. <clears throat> didn't watch any of the World Series. 
uh, last year. Didn't watch any of the Super Bowl. I'm going to be in Las Vegas on Super Bowl Sunday. Kind well, kind of, and I won't watch any of that. Um, so I, I really don't watch sports at all anymore, Conrad. I just, well, that's, that's not true. I got the NFL package and I will turn on the Jaguars now and then, uh, you know, they, they obviously really, really, uh, choked it at the end. Yeah, man. Boy, did they ever. Yeah. I, uh, I saw perhaps the best use of the Kurt angle meme of all time. In, in, in regards to the Jags missing the playoffs, but I thought for sure they were in, I mean, it feels like just a handful of weeks ago, I saw lots of people saying they were super bowl contenders and darn it. They missed it. Uh, yeah. so I'm excited to see next season. I know that, uh, you know, the NFL still continues, but I think next year is going to be an interesting year as a college football fan. You know, we've got Texas and Oklahoma coming into the sec. I don't know if that's going to work out the way Jr. maybe hopes. I'm not so sure how it's going to work out. And of course, we're going to have a 12 team playoff as well mm-hmm. uh, next season. For the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, it's going to be one of their toughest seasons. Uh, I, I know I saw on ESPN. Now, I, I don't really watch sports because I, I don't know. I just, but I, I will read about it and, and I will go on the, the app, on the ESPN app and read some things. And it's, uh, it, it humors me to, it humors me to look on the ESPN app and see all the headlines a lot of times. And a lot of times the headlines, most of the time, the headlines on ESPN are not about the games. It's about people being in trouble right, or doing something illegal. It just, to me, it just kind of is a snippet of, of the, uh, the sports world now. Uh, but so I'll go on and I'll read uh, about what is going on, but I won't watch it. And, um, uh, but, uh, for our Georgia fans, I read that they are favorites to be the national champions next year already. I don't know how you can do that. Uh, but they must play at Alabama and play at Texas. It's going to be tough. In the regular season next yeah. year. Holy smokes. Yeah. I, I saw a little, uh, preseason talk about early preseason. I mean, like the night of the national championship, I saw a prediction of the top 25, Georgia was number one. Texas was number two. I forget who was number three. Alabama was number four. So it's like, you know, three of the top four being in the sec next year. Woo. It's going to be interesting. And speaking of interesting, it's not just regular sports that have happened since you and I hooked it up. AEW had their last pay-per-view of 2023 and what a show it was. AEW seemingly always over delivers on pay-per-view. I don't think this was any exception. I enjoyed the, uh, uh, Andrade Miro match and. Certainly enjoyed watching Swerve Strickland do his thing. Sting back on pay-per-view, always fun. Uh, Adam Copeland and Christian Cage tore it up. But I'm really happy for our friend, Eddie Kingston. Now the Triple Crown winner. He's won the Continental Classic. He's got the ROH World title. He's got the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. And now the inaugural AEW Continental Championship. You talked about what a great story Big Bill has in wrestling. Eddie Kingston's got to be right up there for one of the best feel good stories since you and I started doing this podcast. Eddie's one of my favorites. Uh, wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when, when I, when I think about, uh, man, when I, when I think about all the, all, all the, uh, different guys that I've worked with, I mean, Eddie is, Eddie's one of those real guys. 
real guys that what you see is kind of what you get Yes, on TV. So I have a lot of time for Eddie Kingston, a lot of time. I'm so glad. You know, when he first came aboard, you you were I didn't know anything about him because I had been out of wrestling. Right. And you said, I'm so glad Eddie Kingston is getting a chance with a major promotion. Uh, and he continues just to perform well. And his match against John Moxley was tremendous. His match against Trent Beretta the other night was very good. Uh, and uh, he just gives you, it gives you good performances every, every time. So never disappointed with Eddie Kingston in the ring. And in the main event, unbelievably, somehow, some way, we've got a new world champ. MJF felt like the forever AEW champ. He was the longest reigning AEW champion in their brief history. And now Samoa Joe is the top guy. Uh, Samoa Joe has obviously been to the mountaintop before in Ring of Honor and TNA, but now in AEW. And this is years after AE, WWE basically decided, hey, let's make him an announcer. It's really awesome to see him still doing his thing and at a high level in AEW. Samoa Joe is special. I know that this AEW experience is really one of your first uh, encounters with him. What'd you think of uh, the performance he and MJF put together? Uh, it was a great match. And I'm, I'm thrilled that Samoa Joe is our champion because uh, backstage-wise, he's a pro's pro. There's nobody backstage... Uh, that is better and a and a leader backstage for the boys than Samoa Joe, and he just he leads by example. And uh, I think it's it's a great move to have him as our world champion. I, I'm all about Samoa Joe, buddy. Really I'm am. all about Samoa Joe too. It's a fun time to be an AEW fan. They're coming to a town near you. Pick up tickets now. AEWTIX.com. Uh, Tony, I'm excited for us to talk about our topic today, because our topic today, I thought maybe we should do something a little more timely since you and I have, uh, enjoyed the holiday season, a fabulous new movie, maybe the best wrestling movie ever has come out the iron claw. And it's sort of the story of the Von Erics and world-class championship wrestling. I saw it in the theater the first day they showed it in my market and was thrilled to say that I thought they did a, a pretty good job. I mean, obviously there's some creative license and you can't include every piece of every story. And there's some timeline things. If you want to nitpick, you can find some things to nitpick, but as far as really telling the human element, I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Have you had a chance to see it or what have you heard about it? If not, I've heard it's been, it's very good. And everybody has really been talking about it backstage. Of course, I haven't seen it. The, uh, the pandemic, uh, just kind of changed the way I watch movies. Yeah. I haven't gone to the theater in a long, long time. I'm the, I'm the type of curmudgeon that says, I'll wait until it comes out on video. Uh, which is, I mean, look, I was, I was a gigantic growing up and for a long time and, and really still am a gigantic James Bond fan. And when that new James Bond movie came out, uh, no time to kill or something like that. I didn't go to the theater and see it. And it's the first time I'd never went to a theater or uh, that I, ever missed a James Bond movie in the theater. Right. So my theater days, I guess a combination of the pandemic and getting into the habit of not going, I'm not going to theater, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. And who knows, maybe I'll convince Lois to go and watch the movie with me in the theater. 
Well, I sure hope you can pull that off. And if you do, I hope you have a pocket full of blue chew because nothing's going to put her in the mood like iron claw. Not really. Uh, but listen, we, uh, we are excited to uh, tell you about blue chew because well, they're a day one sponsor for us. They've been here from the very beginning and they're going to be there for you when you need them. You see blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis and Levitra, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost, you can take them anytime day or night. So plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process is simple. You sign up at bluetooth.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. That means no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made right here in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. So what are you waiting for? Bluetooth wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try bluechew free when you use our promo code WHW at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is WHW and you'll get your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. We want to thank bluechew for sponsoring today's podcast. So Tony, I thought we would watch a little old school world class championship wrestling, but I have to admit. I'm not really a world-class expert. Are you? I, I've watched, uh, I've watched a lot of it, uh, since, uh, you know, since a lot of it was put on the network. Uh, but no, no, I'm, I'm not with the exception of, I, you know, I was working, uh, back in the eighties, uh, back and, and got to meet, uh, uh, Kevin and David. And of course, Gary, Gary Hart worked with us and was working at world-class at the same time. Uh, I think he was booking world-class and, and still making appearances for Jim Crockett promotions back in the eighties Wow, as well. Um, but, um, no, I'm probably no more familiar with it, uh, than you are Conrad. Well, I thought, Hey, if we're going to watch world-class and some of their best moments, we need to call an expert as they used to say on who wants to be a millionaire. We need to phone a friend. Oh, wow. So I pulled out the old handy dandy Rolodex and I found somebody who knows more about world-class championship wrestling than probably anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. David Manning, the life of the party is here. How are you, Mr. Manning? I am fantastic. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. Thanks for coming on. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Have you seen the movie? What did you think of the iron claw? Yeah, I saw the, uh, uh, the Dallas premiere. And, um, uh, my, my son, Sean went with me and, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, mid thirties. So it was hard for me because I know every detail. Yes. Mm, yeah. And so you couldn't tell the Von Erich story in two days. That's right. <laughs> okay. Right. And so I finally had to just step back and say, Hey, look, look at it from kind of like everybody else is, um, uh, you know, cause the timelines and yeah. the deaths and, you know, and nobody, nobody, everybody knows I'm the one that actually told Fritz that David was dead. And, um, so, so it was hard for me. And I told, um, Dirk and I saw him that night at the after party and, you know, and I told, uh, Zach Efron and all them, they did a good job and which they did. And, um, it was funny because they didn't, they didn't consult with me or Kevin. Really? And we're the only two really alive that lived it. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of people can tell the story. We live the story. 
And so um, I, I, uh, they thought they got all the tragedies in, but they didn't. And I, I told him a couple others they missed, and he was kind of shocked. I said, you should have talked to us. But overall, my son loved it. So that tells me right there, yes. the average fan is going to go see it. They're going to love it. Um, and um, like you said, I think it's by far the best wrestling show that's ever been produced. Yeah. Uh, David, l- let me ask you, if they did not consult with you nor, nor Kevin, where did they get their information from? Wikipedia? <laughs> well, you know, uh, when we got to the after party, um, uh, J.R. Schumann was there, and he, he wanted to in- introduce me to Durkin. And when we got over there, he immediately said, oh, David Manning, blah, blah, blah. So he grew up a big, big, big fan. Okay. And um, the best I can say is, you know, I, I don't know where they got their info. I was okay. shocked. Matter of fact, Kevin called me. He had talked to him early and he told them, you need to talk to David Manning. He said, because a lot of it, I don't even remember, but he said he remembers everything. Yeah. And so Kevin called me and said, you're going to get a call from these guys. I, it seems as though they're really going to try to do, a, you know, do the story right. And, uh, you know, not try to bash the Von Ericks. Right. And so, um, I, I, I expected a call, never got it. So, mm. but I liked the movie and I thought some of the casting was phenomenal. I thought Fritz was dead on. Yes. I did not like the way they portrayed Fritz. Um, he was a phenomenal businessman. And I give you a great example. He did not want Carrie to leave Houston. He wanted him to finish school and he was adamant. He wasn't getting in that ring till he, he graduated. And then after the Olympics got boycotted, Carrie immediately said, I, you know, dad, I want to get in the ring and Kerry pushed and pushed and pushed and finally got in. Hmm. And I think the other, the other big thing in the movie that was all base was uh, Kevin's wife, Pam. He didn't meet her at the wrestling matches. She, she was a grade behind Carrie and them. And so Kev met her through school with the boys and chased her for about three months trying to get her to go out with him. <laughs> so, so I kind of felt sorry for her the way she was kind of portrayed in the movie. But um, it's like Kristen said, you know, uh, uh, Kevin's o- oldest daughter, she said, hey, I, w- I didn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I think we've got a lot of uh, our listeners who really just grew up uh, probably watching the WWF or WCW and now, of course, AEW. But if they go back and they watch on the network, they'll see that you're running around counting one, two, three, a bunch, but you had a lot of roles behind the scenes. Uh, tell everybody what else you did for world-class besides your referee from time to time. Well, um, as Tony said, when I came in, Gary Hart was the booker and I started in the late seventies and learned a lot from Gary phenomenal mind as far as Absolutely. being a booker. And, uh, so when Gary was there, um, you know, I kind of always had a knack for finishes. And so I got, I got plugged in real quick to the booking meetings. And, um, and then, uh, later on when, when Gary left and Ken Mantell came in, um, Ken and I were co-bookers. And so, uh, but he, he kind of took the reins as the, as the main booker. And truthfully, I just did all the finishes, (laughs) you know, Ken was good at hearing a finish and then like adding to it or, you know, and so, but I was also, uh, for the last, gosh, 12 years I was there, I was Fritz's right-hand guy. I got a call. Back then you had a beeper. 
And I, I actually had a beeper and one person had the number. <laughs> and if it went off, I better make a phone call Yeah, uh, because it was Fritz. And he would call me every Thursday. Sometime it'd be Friday morning. And he'd, if, if he didn't come in that week to the office, he'd want to know how everything went and, you know, what I think and stuff like that. So, um, and then I also promoted several towns. Matter of fact, David, before David died, Fritz let David and I have Lawton, Oklahoma and Tyler, Texas. And we were promoting those. And then, um, after Dave's death, I continued that. And then I picked up some others. I went and promoted Boston, you know, up in, the, uh, the backyard up there. Actually, we, we did a big show in the, it was called Manning Bowl, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And I went up there and, um, yeah, we kind of got blocked from being able to use the gardens. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, but, you know, things were great. And, um, so I, I just kind of had a, a jack of all trades. Obviously I got all the television exposure being a referee. And a lot of people thought that's all I was. And then from all the podcast and, you know, the, the different things. And unfortunately I was a pallbearer many times. Mm. Um, so, but it, it, you know, wrestling was good to me. And, um, um, I'm glad to see the, the one good thing here is this, ex, this exposure of the Von Eric movie is really going to help Ross and Marshall. Yes. And they're both great workers, as you know, Conrad. And so I think that's going to open a lot of doors for them. I told him, I said, you better be ready. If you go sign a contract with, uh, you know, New York or AEW, I said, because things change. It's no longer a once a month deal. Right. You know, you're, you're at their beck and call and they're, believe me, they're going to use you. And Tony, you've had a, an opportunity to meet those guys a couple of times. They've done a few shots for AEW. What's your experience been like with the next generation of the Von Erics? They are, they are great and respectful kids, really, really well-mannered and just, uh, you know, I met them briefly in, uh, MLW when they were there. That's right. And then of course they came over to AEW recently. And when we were in Texas and we used them and just, uh, as nice and polite Mm -hmm. and respectful of the business as, as anybody can be. And, uh, I, I agree. I, I think they're talented kids that, uh, have, uh, great heads on their shoulders. And I, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of them. Great. Really do. Too. You know, you got Marshall. I, I think Marshall has a little bit of, uh, Kev and Dave together. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at his agility and stuff right. like that and his size, and then Ross to me is just a, a smaller version of Kerry. Right. Very well said. Good kids. Uh, I hope I hope we see more of them. I really yep. do. Well, I'm excited to see more world-class championship wrestling. And when we decided we were going to cover a, a little old world-class, I thought, not only should we phone a friend, we should ask, what do you want to watch? And so I, I asked David off air, what's your favorite memory? Like, memory, like your favorite moment? What would you like to watch with Tony and I and kind of relive? And man, you didn't hesitate, Dave. You had one lined up. What are we watching and why are we watching it? Why is this one of your favorite moments? You know, there were, there, and there was a lot of favorite moments. Uh, obviously when it, the, the free birds turned heel, that was, that was the biggest event that ever happened in world-class set us on fire. And, uh, but, uh, this particular match that we're going to watch today, uh, it's, it's Kevin and Carrie taking on, uh, go, uh, gorgeous, Gino Hernandez and uh, gentleman, Chris Adams. And what's really unique about this match. Now, everybody, if anyone that watched world-class, these are all good looking guys, 
big head of hair and uh, it's a hair match. Mm. And so the fans were, they weren't sure who was going to win this match. And even me, I would hear the talk, you know, behind the scenes, there was like, there's no way they're going to find a way out of this where none of them have to cut their hair. Right. And uh, as you'll see in the match, it hair got cut. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dave, this was the second big uh, Cotton Bowl show, right? Second year yeah. of it? Right. Yeah, this was the big one. We had over 30,000. We've, uh, this was our, this was our second biggest event ever with Texas stadium. Right. Uh, the, the David Von Ert Memorial, that was the biggest with 42,000 people. This one, uh, you'll hear on the tape. They say it's about 39,000 people. That's just tremendous. And I love when yeah. you said, uh, and hair was cut. And by the way, hair will be cut. If you're rocking a Henson razor, Tony and I are big fans of Henson. You will be too. We want you to try it. Uh, like world-class, it's going to feel a little old school. But like the movie, it's got the benefit of new school tech. Let me explain. Henson shaving is a family owned aerospace parts manufacturer. These guys have actually made parts for the international space station and the Mars Rover. But what they decided to use is fire up their aerospace grade CNC machines to make the thinnest razors you've ever seen. I know what you're thinking. Well, how thin can they be? 0.0013 inches to be exact. That's thinner than a human hair. And what it means for you is a more secure and stable blade with a vibration-free shave. That's going to give you less bumps and less nicks and less scrapes. Not only that, this Henson razor also has built-in channels to evacuate hair and cream, and that makes clogging virtually impossible. As a business guy, what I really like about Henson shaving is, man, they just wanted to focus on making the best razor, not the best razor business. There's no plastic here. There's no subscriptions. There's no proprietary blades. There's no planned obsolescence. If you're watching with us over on YouTube, you can take a look and you'll see a Henson razor works with a standard dual edge blade that, well, every wrestler is very familiar with, but it gives you the benefits of new school tech. Pop pop never saw a razor this thin. And once you own a razor from Henson, it's only like three to $5 to replace the blades. And I don't mean three to $5 a month or three to $5 a quarter. I mean, three to $5 a year. Let's say no to subscriptions and yes to a razor that will truly last you a lifetime. Visit HensonShaving.com slash Tony to pick the razor for you and use the code Tony and you'll get two years worth of blades free with your razor. Just be sure to add them to your cart. That's 100 free blades. When you head to H-E-N-S-O-N-S-H-A-V-I-N-G.com slash Tony and use our promo code Tony. So folks, if you're watching along with us in the description of this podcast, we've got a link where you can watch along with us over on YouTube. And when you do that, we want you to go to one hour, 12 minutes and 51 seconds. That's one hour, 12 minutes and 51 seconds of the link below. It's on YouTube where you can watch this big second cotton bowl attraction. It's a hair versus hair match. Do you want to sort of set the stage for who all's in this match? And I mean, obviously we get the enormity of it's a stadium show and it's the second follow-up, uh, cotton bowl event. And there's nearly 40,000 people. But some of our listeners, I mean, I think everybody by now is at least familiar with the Von Eric legacy, but guys like Chris Adams and guys like Gino Hernandez, can you speak about their legacies a little bit, David? Yeah, both of them phenomenal workers, young guys, uh, very athletic. And, um, they, they, they made the perfect team. You know, when, when Chris Adams turned heel, he immediately joined up with, uh, uh, Gino. And when they would come to the ring, they would play bad to the bone. And so, um, 
they, and they, they were just flamboyant. I mean, they, they had the charisma and the one year before when we did the cotton bowl in that match, Kevin, uh, fought Chris Adams. And that's the match where Kevin left in an ambulance, uh, Chris hit him with a chair. And I mean, hit him with a chair and, um, you know, uh, no kayfabe here. He, he, Kevin had said, lay it in, and he did. <laughs> and there was a bar on the chair that ran across it, and it literally split the back of Kev's head. And so um, he ended up going. He had a concussion and, boy, set these guys on fire. So as we come back one year later, we, we've got everybody's – the feud with Kevin and Chris has continued, and now you throw in Gino Hernandez, and you also throw in, um, you know, Kerry. And so, uh, great, great match. I had refereed these same guys over in uh, Fort Worth. And that's when uh, I took the bump and got my head twisted and caught in the ropes. And while I was doing that, the, the Gino and Chris had thrown powder in the Bonnert's um, face. And so they got the win. And uh, so we were coming off of that into the stadium, and then the hair went up. They had been uh, – Gino and Chris had cut about – you're going to see about five or six of the guys' hair leading up to this match. So they had the heat. Also in this match, we introduced for the first time Lance Von Erich. Oh, wow. And so you're going to see Lance at ringside. This is the first time the fans got a, a chance to really see Lance, and this is where we actually involved him in the match. Well, I'm excited. Tony, are you ready on your side? Do you have a special countdown for us today? Yeah, I got a special countdown. I think it's the last countdown that we uh, got uh, from uh, DJ Turnup. I'm not so sure. Uh, he'll let me know, I'm sure, but I do have a countdown. Before we go, I, I I really smile when David said, he said, lay it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you tell one of the guys to lay it in, <laughs> they're going to lay well, it in. <laughs> well, especially Kevin, because he dished a lot of it out. So yeah. Right. It's a chance to repay that. Right. Uh, yeah. He laid it in. Right. So, I, yeah, I got a countdown. Well, let's do it. So, we're, all right. Tony will give us a countdown and then we'll all press play together. Here we go. You know, it's all about your world-class championship wrestling at the Cotton Bowl on this beautiful day. And it's a beautiful day because just a month ago, this young man right here, Mike Von Erich, was lying critically on the hospital. Here you are back. It is certainly miraculous, and it's certainly great to have you with us. Yeah, Bill, it's, it's great to be back with the, all the fans and, and my family and everybody. I, I'm uh, really grateful to be here. You know, if it weren't for everybody's prayers, just like I've said, and news conferences all over that I've done, uh, it's, it's great to be back, and thank you for all the prayers. Fritz von Erich, uh, miracles can happen, and uh, good people come through very tough times. Bill, I just want to tell you that I feel like old Mike has actually been resurrected. He's back. He's in. Give him time. He surprised the doctors immensely already. They thought he'd be in the hospital for months. Right. Dr. Sutka was a little more optimistic than that, but here he is in less than, well, a little over 30 days since all this started. 
he's back out. The shoulder that we had the surgery on, we're rehabilitating that right now. You give Mike a few months, he'll be back just like he was before. But we thank God, we thank all of you people for your prayers, just like old Mike said. Without him, Mike wouldn't be with us today, and there's no question about that in my mind or anybody else. It is certainly a tremendous day, and uh, I think it's a good chance here to uh, and time to uh, welcome in Lance Von Erich, Waldo's son, and uh, the cousin to Mike, and, uh, Hello, and your ne nephew. It's great, great to, you it's great to be in the Lone Star State. I'm uh, going to be here for today and tomorrow, and I'm going to have some wrestling I've got to take care of in Europe, and I'll be back in the next few weeks to help out the family. Hey, that's great. That's great. Love it. Right. Good. I just, just want to say one thing. When Lance and Waldo, of course, heard about Mike and the rest of the family, they were right here. Lance right then went to council every day up north. You know, Lance has been around here working out with the boys in and out for some time. But to Waldo, especially, and myself, thought Lance is ready to assume the Von Erich name. We told nobody who he was. Barney, he's now the new Northwest Heavyweight Champion. He's ready. What great timing. He's coming in just as old Mike's down. He'll be here in just a very few weeks to help us out. Great. And Mike, we'll see you in action very soon. As soon as possible. <laughs> good, good. Mike Von Erich, right back with us here on World Class Championship Wrestling. And we'll be right back with more. So, David, let me ask you about Lance, because I've heard before that maybe that didn't go as well as planned. Well, what can you tell us about Lance Von Erich and what was supposed to be and what wasn't supposed to be and all that jazz? Well, I can tell you that here, here's one thing. This is D magazine. It's a big magazine here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you right up here, uh, it says the fake Von Erich. Oh, wow. <laughs> and in here, there's about eight page story about Lance. And so, uh, I'm the one that found Lance. We, we made the decision, um, in a booking, one of the booking meetings that, uh, you know, we had Dave's death and we had just brought the birds in and we had the perfect scenario. Um, and, and Mike wasn't in a position to be able to step up. And so, um, we needed a Von Eric and Kevin was dead set against it. But you know, uh, I, I was for it. Fritz was for it. We thought it would work out. I found Lance on a golf course. I'm watching him play golf and my God, he was built and had the look and, you know, he was a bodybuilder yeah. and, uh, it had a lot of records. And so, uh, I went, um, he probably wondered about me cause I kept staring at him all day. Um, but finally I went up and told him who I was and I said, man, I think I got a great opportunity for you. And I took him down and he met Fritz and, uh, then we, you know, uh, it was hard cause he was from, you know, Dallas area, but we sent him up to Portland, uh, with Don Owens and he worked up there. Uh, basically it was a crash course yeah. because he stepped right into the main events. I mean, when he came back, he was literally, uh, and then when Carrie got hurt, my God, a lot of times him and Kev were doing two shows on Saturday night. We'd do our spot shows. We'd send Kevin to one Lance, to the other, they both go on first, then crisscross to the, uh, and then they would go on last at each show. What a fascinating story. I, I don't, Tony, I don't remember hearing another story like that before of we no. create this guy, we throw him in the main events. I mean, not, not to be funny, but it almost sounds like Zeus, right? Like we found this guy, we needed an opponent. We had an opponent. We needed, I don't know. It's just wild. And by the way, if you're watching along with us on the watch along, Man, what a crowd you guys have here. What do you think the attendance for this one was again, David? Uh, they estimated 39,000. It's at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, you know, it was during the state fair. Uh, I mean, it was just perfect timing. And then, you know, we were, like I say, we were on fire in 85. Uh, uh, 83, 84, and 85 were just huge for us. 
It's interesting too. And then Tony, when you take a look at, at the guardrails, it's just uh, it's a piece of string. Yeah, it's it's a know. different time. Oh, look at that yeah. handsome devil, that referee right there. Mr. Wow, David how Manning. That? How about that? Yeah. Whenever I talk to Bruce, David, he always just goes on and on about Gina Hernandez, that Gina Hernandez could have been, you know, and obviously we were proud of what Ted DiBiase did, but he was like the, for the, for the Texas area, he was the OG million dollar man. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he, he could come, he was great on the mic. Okay. Uh, truthfully, um, you know, there's nobody better on the mic than, than, than obviously Ric Flair, but Gino was right in there and he could come up with stuff. I remember when we did that show in Boston, when he went out to do his interview, you know, he's talking about how much money he had and all this. And he's, I'll never forget. He said, uh, you know, and one day maybe I'll be rich. And if you want to know the definition of rich, turn Larry Bird's nose upside down and fill it up with nickels. Oh my God. What a great line. <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> he got immediate heat. Involved. Yeah. That's, that's how you get over dude. <laughs> that's how you do it. You come up with those memorable lines and you know how to talk. And that's, that is absolutely how you do it. I, I was interested. I, I, the cameramen were in the ring and, and, you know, today, David, if a cameraman's in the ring, you're told, Oh, don't shoot the cameraman, shoot around the cameraman, but they were in the ring. They got some great shots. Uh, and I know you work with Keith Mitchell a lot. Yep. Uh, uh, Keith was really ahead of his time. Yeah. Keith, uh, Keith and, uh, actually every, every, uh, Thursday, I would have lunch with Keith Mitchell and uh, Harrison Gillum. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were the ones really that did the show. I mean, they put it, put everything together and we would right. go over, you know, we did our little vignettes where we would maybe go see the wrestlers at a bar. Or we might go see Jimmy Garvin and Sunshine at a spa. And um, so uh, they, they, it's phenomenal. Matter of fact, I think the best piece of work Keith Mitchell ever did was when Carrie and Flair were getting ready to wrestle. They he's the one that put that video together of Carrie riding the horse and working right. out and getting ready. Uh, and they were playing uh, one of the Rocky songs. Right. It was it was it was great. Yeah, World Class was way ahead of the times with their production. Not just Keith Mitchell, but Dan Bynum. The way they mic the ring, the way they shot. I mean, there, Dan so Bynum. There's Dan so Bynum. So much, uh, innovation here. How about Chris Adams? I mean, you talk about a guy who has influenced generations of wrestlers. As far as I can recall, Mr. Manning, he's the innovator of the super kick. Is that the way you remember it? Yes. Yeah. And I remember the first night, uh, we, we had a little monitor in the, in, in, in the office, you know, where we could see the matches going on. And, uh, so when Chris came in, you know, uh, he, sharp dressed man. That's what I would call him. And when he went to the ring, um, and he had the match, I remember everybody in that dressing room, when he did the super kick for the first time, it was just like, everybody was like, wow. Um, he had a way to hit his leg as he did it. And it, it, it looked like he tore the guy's head off. And, um, it, and like I say, he could talk. And so, uh, we, we had a great run with Chris, both as a baby face and as a heel. Chris's problem was, uh, many people know that kept up with world class. Uh, when he got with alcohol, he, it, you know, it would control him. He didn't control it. Yeah. And he became really bad. He, he actually did a little bit of time because he headbutted a pilot on a plane coming back in Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. Yikes. Yeah. And so, uh, they were waiting for him when he landed in Dallas. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, he ended up getting, I think, about six months. Tony, you ever headbutt a pilot? No, no. Uh, I never headbutted a pilot. Uh, pilots never headbutted me. Uh, but uh, I know a lot of passengers that pilots should headbutt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would make the flight a lot better. Okay. I'm all for that. Yes. Yeah. My goodness. Well, we're watching, uh, hopefully you're watching along with us and man, what a uh, what a crowd this is. And one of the things I've always wondered whenever you have a show like this, David is what is the, what's the backup plan? If this thing doesn't cooperate weather wise, like, you know, if it just starts pouring rain is, I mean, it's just business as usual. It's a football game. We're going to do it anyway. I think we would have, we would have had to do it. I mean, you know, you got 39,000 people there and, uh, and the cotton bowl, as you hit it right on the head, it's not covered. Right. Uh, you know, it's an open stadium and we got really, really lucky. Now it was in, it, it was in, uh, uh, you know, it was a time of year where we, it's like drought here. And so we, we were pretty confident of how it was going to be, but you know, you never know it, Texas, it could snow today and be 120 tomorrow. October 6th, 1985 is when this one went down and. You know, it's funny that I, I didn't even really think about it until just now, but of everybody involved in this match, it's just you and Kevin that's still with us, right? Yep. Wow. Yeah, I thought uh, I was I was coming home uh, back from Japan one time, and ESPN had a tape on, and I was watching the tape, and there was uh, uh, three matches, um, two single matches. There was a tag team main event. Uh, counting the announcer and counting um, uh, the other referee, I was the only one alive on the tape. Wow. Yeah. You know, if there was any any curse, that was the other thing, you know, Kevin, that, Kevin will say right now, we there was never a thing about the Bonneric curse. Uh, that's Hollywood. Right. Right. And so, um, yeah, I was telling Kev the other day, if, if, if there was a curse here, maybe it's when Fritz bought – uh, the land out in Edom, you know, it had, uh, arrowheads all over it and stuff like that. I told someone the other day, I said, maybe that's where the curse came in because when he bought it less than a month later, when he's building the home down there, he's in his motorhome. That's when Dave died oh. and every death took place while he was in Edom. Wait, so you think this is some sort of Indian burial ground? I know it is because Chris would go out and search and find all the little arrowheads. You know, they had a heck of a collection for him. Wow. And so I, I said, if there was a curse, it had to come from there. Of course, we're watching, uh, Kevin wrestle barefoot here. Um, I don't know, man, Tony, can you imagine? I mean, I know we've seen uh, other wrestlers like super Snuka and, and Yokozuna and a few others wrestle barefoot before, but can you imagine that? Tony, like in the Jim oh. Crockett promotion days, a guy making towns and all these different buildings and wrestling barefoot. I, that's just hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, me too. And, and of course, Marshall does today. That's right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, that's, uh, that always has, <laughs> I've, I've always wondered about that, but, uh, I mean, he, that's, that was his trademark. It was. And, yep. you know, for people watching this, just to set the stage a little bit more, you'll notice all the wrestlers around the ring. We had lumberjacks around the ring, so we had brought just about all the guys that had worked, including Lance. Even Chris Von Erich was outside at that time. Gosh, he couldn't have been probably 12, 13. But um, we had them on the outside. And, and in this match, 
there was really, uh, I mean, obviously there was rules, no gouging in the eyes, that kind of stuff. But pretty much everything else, we were just letting go. There had to be a winner. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see if we can track a little bit of this and listen to uh, to Bill Mercer. If, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure he's on the commentary. You know he is. Here we go. Yep. Kevin going over the top for Chris Adams. Tito's back in with Kerry. Chris Adams goes up. Kelly Kaneski and Tatum said they did exchange. Well, that's uh, not any real proof. Peter Hernandez rolling in now with Kerry Von Harris. Got him wrapped up. Are you still in any communication with Bill Mercer? You know, I saw him at the premiere. Uh, I was in a wheelchair. He's uh, in his 90s now. Yeah. And, uh, boy, they didn't even come close uh, of the guy on screen and right. Mercer uh, in the movie. But what a phenomenal guy. I mean, he's a legend up at the University of North Texas. Uh, pretty much just ran the whole uh, film department. And, um, uh, you know, and he and obviously at one time he was also the voice of the Cowboys. So, uh, you know, before we brought him in for the wrestling, right. Wow. He, he did, he did the Cowboys before they were the Cowboys, right? Exactly. Before they were, they were named the Cowboys. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think they were the Texans or something like that. Uh, yeah. Great guy too. And I, and you know what? His memory's still sharp as heck. I got a chance to talk to him at the premiere and, um, in his nineties, one, of, That's one awesome. of the good guys. Yeah. Well, God bless him. Cause. I'm in my sixties and I can't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed, and we were tracking the, 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 uh, the, uh, the play by play there. <laughs> like that, throwing that chair on him with the legs. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's no. not the, the chair you're used to in wrestling. It's not a fold up chair. No, it is not. Just the, the fan response. Unbelievable. The, the, it, it's on. It's incredible. The absolute fan response is. I love it. He's wielding that chair, man. Those four legs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stuck him in the back with it. Yeah. David, obviously a big part of the Von Eric story, especially Carrie's story is, uh, the accident and he loses the foot. And of course I know timeline wise, that wasn't accurate, but the big reveal in the movie that Carrie has lost his foot at this point, is he working with both of his feet or has he lost the foot by this point? Uh, this was 85. No, uh, no, I don't think he's lost it yet. I don't think so either because it felt like there was always a sleeve on that one side. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think he's lost it yet. Um, it, of course these days it's impossible to keep a secret in wrestling. You know, it's very rare when there's a real surprise in wrestling. Like it feels like everything comes out, but that was one of those where it, it, it was largely a secret in the wrestling industry is, but I assume that the perf most of the performers had to know, right? No. Wow. They, they, this is crazy. The, the, see what a lot of people don't know is when, when Carrie, um, uh, and this is when I'm booking, how, how fair is this? I become the booker. Um, and, uh, Ken and Ken left, went up to, uh, work for Bill Watts. And so literally I'm the booker for like two weeks and I get the phone call. Fritz calls and says, you got to do something. Carrie won't be there tonight. He was just in a motorcycle wreck. I don't know the details, but I'll, I'll let you know. I said, okay. So I'm having to shift everything. And then I, I got a hold of Rick Hazard 
and Rick had been to the hospital and he said, Dave, you're not going to believe it. He said, man, it looks like an alligator chewed on his leg for about an hour. And so they came in and obviously they didn't want to take the leg. Um, so they, they did surgery for about, gosh, I want to say 10 hours. And he came out of the hospital with his leg and they were saying the leg was not getting blood circulation like it should. And they didn't know if it was going to, you know, be sturdy enough. But anyway, he came out and uh, at the, at the sport, uh, sportatorium, you had to go up these stairs and go up top. And that's where we would watch the matches in this cage. And Kerry was up there and it was time for his match. And he come running down the stairs and they got about halfway down and hit and that leg snapped. Mm. And so we had to take him back to the hospital. Uh, they took him back to the hospital. And at that time, I didn't even know they had taken the leg until Fritz confided in me and he said they made all of the doctors sign a form and anyone that was in that operating room that basically they'd get sued if they told anyone he lost the leg. And so, um, and you know, I, I have to say I was against that. I was for telling people he lost the leg yes. because I thought, man, it would be for people out there, you know, that need a prosthesis or whatever. I thought it would be a great story. Yeah. And, how much heat's he going to get now when someone starts banging on the leg, you know? So I thought I, that's one of the decisions that I was, I think we should have told it. Man. Speaking uh, of uh, telling they're telling the story here. All the fans are on their feet. My God. Um, let's track just a minute. Avery. His face to clear that powder and is wiping his eyes. Lance Viner is over the corner, wiping Kerry's eyes out. Dino tries to escape right here above us. But the he members stopped. of the radio media to ringside. Dino trying to get out of here. <laughs> That's right, Eric. Right here beside me, along with <laughs> How about that? All the lumberjacks, Lance Von Eric. Making sure he's got a hold of Gino. You're not going anywhere. You're getting a haircut. And how about multiple calls for the media? Come on down yeah. to ringside. I love it. Yeah, oh, we, had, want- we had a one of the top radio stations was there for this event, and we were getting a lot of free publicity from them. So we allowed them to actually be at the ring when the hair the hair huh. took place. There was one kid that pushed Gino, and security. Did you see that? Yeah, <laughs> put a headlock on him. <laughs> yeah, and you know what happens here is uh, also you'll see. Um, who was it jumped out of the ring and, um, Chris Von Eric tackled him. Oh. <laughs> so everybody, everybody kind of got in on this. Yeah. It was super fun to see as they were teasing the match. It said up next, the main event M a N E. And then, uh, they positioned it for a commercial and said, when we come back, the hair cutting it's, yeah. it's super silly, super fun, but. Man, you guys were doing unbelievable ratings. What kind of ratings do you remember world-class getting at its height, David? Uh, we were pulling, a anywhere from 15 to 17. My gosh. Yeah. Holy smokes. We, we were pulling, um, three points higher than Vince was in New York. It's unbelievable to think about, you know, what was happening here. And, uh, 
you know, this was just one of the many territories. This is with really without uh, full blown national television. I know ESPN became a thing for you guys, but at this point, this is still all just syndicated. Right? Uh, am I right? Yeah, we would send out uh, 40, uh, 40, either 45 or 46 tapes every Tuesday morning. Let's track a little bit here. Chris Adams, the first man to lose his hair. Fans <laughs> are still going just bananas here. And now the electric scissors. A medicine by Kerry Von Ulrich. And there goes the handsome young man from England's hair, Chris Adams. Going ball right here on, in the ring on the floor of the Cotton Bowl. So who all is, is in the ring right now that we can see David, that you recognize we got a referee. Here's we got ice. There's ice and King Parsons, right? Uh, that's Bronco Lubridge to the right. Um, I know Scott Casey was in the ring, yeah. uh, and they had ice men. They all, uh, the people got to see, they all got to get up and take scissors and take a piece of hair because all of them at some point over the last two or three months, uh, either Gino or Chris had taken some of their hair and you see that's Rick Hazard in the middle there. And you hear Chris Adams telling each and every uh, each one of us he's going to kill us. <laughs> so, but Chris learned the hard way: be still, because those clippers, you know, when you don't have any kind of protection on them, it's yeah. just uh, the bear's tail. It can cut you, and it hurts. Right. And he was he, he. I mean, he fought it and fought it and fought it, and it was crazy. What you'll see, Gino, when he gets in. Uh, he saw what was going on and I whispered to him when he got in, I said, I, I advise you, I'd be still, your head's going to get cut. So he, even though he screamed and yelled, he, he, he kept his head perfectly still. Yeah. I, I noticed I saw Brian Adidas in there as well. Yep. yep. Brian Adidas. Yep. Cause he was, Adidas was, uh, with us, us as Jim Crockett for a little bit. <clears throat> That's one of the other guys that lived it. Cause he, he and Kerry, you know, grew up together uh-huh. all the oh, way wow. from first, first grade. They were, um, best, best friends. We know, of course, that Kerry got his shot to be the NWA world champion, David, but of the other Von Eric boys, did you think there was another that was probably a shoe in to be on a short list for that? Oh, there you see <laughs> Chris Von Eric getting in on the action, tackling Gino on the escape. That's super fun. Wow, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, um, you know, originally they were going to put the, the belt on Dave mm-hmm. and, um, <clears throat> they, they hesitated uh, uh, putting the belt on carry and, um, you know, Fritz just put his foot down because with everything we had going on, we needed, we needed, uh, one of, one of the boys to win and carry was over the biggest at that point. Uh, I think Dave would have had a longer run with the belt because, uh, Dave could work heel really good. Okay. And, and when he was up in Florida, you know, he worked heel up there. And you, if you go back and look at some of his uh, interviews, he was great. And, um, so he was up there mm-hmm. and, um, uh, I think as you know, it's hard to draw with a baby face. Uh, you don't draw near as good and there's not near as much excitement in the local towns. Right. If, if the world champion is a baby face. Yes. And, uh, cause you know, you want to pull them for the, their, their, their hero. And so, uh, look at that think- visual. My God, when they, when they really pan out and you can see. You got 40,000 people standing on their tiptoes to watch a guy get his hair cut. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know what? Yeah, like you said earlier, when that match was over, the people, I guarantee you that they were still like something's going to stop it. Yes. 
I mean, because look at these guys. You, you know, when you look at this match, I mean, beautiful heads of hair. Yes. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I real quick, I had a hair match against Killer Tim Brooks. And I had a nice big head of hair back then. And everybody was like, you know, you're not going to lose your hair. You know, you're not going to lose your hair. And Brooks, his hair was real thin. And Brooks was going to do the job. It was a, it was a gimmick match. And so it was funny because the night of the match, I called Fritz and I said, I'm changing the finish. I'm going to do the job. And he said, why? And I said, just because everybody thinks there's no way I'm going to lose. Right. And so I did the job and man, I remember Bronco saying, you got to, you got to sit down and let them cut your hair. Cause they did a, a screw job. And he was like, you got to let them cut your hair. They're going to riot here tonight. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. And we got big dollars out of this uh, match, obviously, you know, with the, uh, both of the, both of the guys got hats and uh, it, it was good. It was good stuff. Yeah. This is, and Gino's doing such a great job here selling this too. Yeah. His facials are yeah. phenomenal. They, they really are. <laughs> <laughs> just seemed like, and he's, you know, and he's lunging towards some people, which, you know, which means he could get a lot of nicks and that, <laughs> that blade. Wow. Yeah, what especially Kevin hold, holding it. That would scare me a little bit. <laughs> wow, this is good stuff. Old uh, school, man. David, I, I want to ask you, and I know this is this is something completely different, but obviously, uh, Christmas night when the when the Freebirds turned uh, and they they slammed the door in the in the head of uh, one of the Von Erichs, Carrie, Carrie. Uh, that had to be pretty crazy that night because I've, I've been told that it almost had a riot at reunion arena that night. Is that correct? Yeah. Michael Hayes was special referee with me. Right. Uh, and then, uh, he kind of turned on flair at the end. Right. Uh, Michael's a big baby face here. And, um, and, and, and it, the way we did the finish, it was actually very, very dangerous because you know, it's a still, it's a still cage door. Right. And we had to make sure, you know, it had a thing that come down around the post. It looked like a U. And so I don't know how many times we told Terry Gordy, you got to make sure that's down. So when you slam the door, it'll, that'll catch first. Right. Otherwise you're going to kill Kerry. Sure. And, um, I thought, and Kerry still took a lot of the blunt because what happened is Terry slammed it so hard that thing, you know, it's just on there with screws. It, it turned, Oh. And so Terry, still, uh, Kerry still got pretty good blunt, but, uh, man, you, some people may hear flair at the roast, uh, Conrad, you remember, um, that we talked about that match and someone said, you know, were you scared going to the back? And he said, no, I just got behind Manning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. That's, it, that's it, legendary. It, yeah. It was close. We, we did a lot reunion, you know, we sold it out probably more than anybody. I mean, it was crazy. Every right. Thanksgiving and every Christmas, right. uh, our shows there for about three and a half, four years were selling out period. Right. When you think of uh, high watermarks for world-class, obviously this, this hair match is on the list because you've got so many folks that are there. <laughs> the first cotton ball show, uh, the night with uh flare and the cage with Carrie. Are those, are those the big three or are there some others worth mentioning? If somebody is just now getting down the world-class rabbit hole. Um, well, you know, Fritz still made appearances every now and then, and he was obviously a legend. Right. And, uh, 
when, when, when Fritz fought Kabuki, that was a big one. Um, you know, Gary Hart brought Kabuki in and, uh, it was crazy. Here's here. This guy shows up. That's like five, seven. And we were all like, we'd built him up to be this, you know, and we were all scared to death, but what a worker. Oh my God. And so, um, we would do that with when we had the right heel, like Brody. Uh, when Brody was a heel, obviously the final match is it, it's going to be him and Fritz. And so um, that that was big. Uh, I, I would say the other real big one was um, we did uh, for the first time ever in reunion. We did a two man, a two ring battle royal, which had never been done. Right. So it sounded great when we put it together, but once we got those two rings together, I felt. We felt sorry for the people that bought a ringside seat on this end and the match was in a ring totally on the other side of them. And if you're right up front, as you know, you can't see over the ring. Right. And so that mistake and the other big mistake we made that we got a lot of heat for at Reunion Arena on Christmas night, we had Santa Claus come out with all the kids and this and that. Well, it was Michael Hayes in the Santa Claus outfit. And when he got to carry, all of a sudden he started beating the hell out of him. (laughs) <laughs> and, and oh my god we got so many letters we didn't think about it here's all the kids and they're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah mistake <laughs> as it was uh, happening we were all like oh this wasn't a good idea that's so oh, great god. i love that and so it, much it, and it was freaking michael hayes too <laughs> jesus i uh i love hearing about the good old days and stories like that. I I wanted to ask your opinion. It feels like the biggest controversy, if there is such a thing out of the iron claw movie, I mean, it was trending there for a few days. People were pretty upset about the portrayal of Ric Flair. You had a chance to see the movie. You're friends with the nature boy. What'd you think of the Hollywood interpretation of uh, Ric Flair? I thought it was horrible. Um, I, I don't even, you know, you would think you would think of all people. Matter of fact, I would love to be behind that movie being made, the Ric Flair story. Oh my God! Um, but yeah, that was not that was not that was not good. And the guy that played Kerry, I think I'd have got someone a little bigger. Um, you know, in, in real life, Mike was not even close to the size of Kerry and Kev. Um, but um, yeah, that was. I, I remember seeing it in the dressing room, and uh, when when the, the Flair guy walked in, I was like, oh. Uh, yeah, they, they missed the boat there. Hey, uh, Dave, if, if you ever, uh, get an inkling that there's going to be a movie made about Ric Flair, uh, would, would you alert me so I can just buy a, a condo in Grand Cayman and live the rest of my life away from all this? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, Conrad, as you know, uh, I don't know that you could tell all the Ric Flair story. No, you can't. Uh, oh, you can't. <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, I've been in a lot of bars with him and, uh, holy smoly, the stories you hear are true. Mm. And so, um, but, uh, man, what a story he would be, mm. you know, cause I was telling someone the other day, I had a guy call me, wanting me to be, uh, he was like, I'll give you any title you want producer director. Uh, and he wanted to do a movie on Gino Hernandez and he already had a guy that's in, uh, Gosh, what's the name of that show on TV? Uh, the, the Bikers. I can't think of the name Sons of it. Sons of they Anarchy. Had yeah, they already yeah. had a guy from that that was going to play Gino, and they still say they're going to do it. I called Gino's daughter, and, and I'm trying to have lunch with her, um, 
and and put it together. But yeah, they were they were off that one. They did want me to consult, and they said we'll give you any kind of title you want. I was like, yeah, yeah, thank I you. I can care less about titles. What's this pay? And so, uh, but but see, here's the thing, and 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 this is kind of surprising with the uh, Von Erichs. Like in California, our tape wasn't big there, and uh, Mike LaBelle, you know, managed to keep everybody from putting our show on out there. Wow. And so we weren't big there. And uh, the thing with Gino, you're going to draw basically where the superstation hit, in my opinion. But Flair, that's a worldwide name. Right. And so um, I honestly believe, like I say, I just don't know how much of his story you could tell. Well, we appreciate you coming on and telling some of your story today. And of course, these days, you're no longer uh, counting pinfalls and hair matches. You're helping people with their travel extreme travel.com. That's X T or oh, there you go. Look at, look at our guy, Dave Silva. He's ready here. It's uh, X and then stream like a river stream travel.com. Uh, what's up with extreme travel.com and how are you keeping busy these days? Well, uh, you know, we book travel, but the main thing we do is, uh, we have an online travel university where people can go through the, uh, online university. Some people go through it and, in, in, you know, 30 days, some people take some three months, but they can become a travel agent. Okay. And, uh, you know, we, we furnish everything, their websites, their booking engines. And, uh, you know, we pay them, uh, anywhere from 75 to 85% of the commission that comes in for, uh, for being an agent for us. And they use our buying power. Uh, you know, we did over a hundred million last year in travel and, uh, it's a fun business. I've been doing it since year 2000. I had uh, two other companies and I sold them. Um, you know, life's been good. Matter of fact, now I'm in the, <clears throat> I just bought 1500 acres up on big Cypress river in, in, uh, Karnak, Texas, Marshall, Texas. And, um, it's got seven miles of waterfront. Wow. So I'm actually kind of getting into uh, some development there and, um, just having fun. Seven miles of waterfront. Goodness gracious. What are you going to do there? We're going to divide them up into lots and have waterfront lots. Um, you know, some of it's wetlands. Matter of fact, it has 300 acres of cypress trees. And if you, if you've ever seen cypress trees, oh my God, it's just gorgeous. Yes. And so, um, my cousin's a logger and he, he stumbled onto the property. He was having trouble getting financing. And so he called me and timing was right. And so I said, Hey, I'll finance it and give you a piece of it. How about that? Um, and so, um, we bought it. We've had it now for about a year. And we've probably only cut, uh, and we're not, we're not clear cutting it. We're obviously, I mean, we just take and trim the trees out. Um, and it just looks phenomenal. And so actually I'm going to build a home there and my wife and I are probably going to move down there. That's awesome, man. Well, listen, I know that not too long ago you, you hooked up with Kevin and y'all did uh, a theater show. I think there's one of those happening <clears throat> in the not too distant future. Do you have any details about that? Yeah. Del Hanson is the host and we did, um, the majestic theater in Dallas, uh, over 2000 people came. That's awesome. I mean, it was crazy. And, uh, the average ticket was $60. I said, who, who would have thought people would pay, you know, 30 to a hundred dollars to come here, me and Kevin BS. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but they did. And, um, so we're following it up and that's where Kevin and I'll truly give our opinion on the, on the, uh, the movie uh, iron claw. And it's going to be March 29th and we're doing it at the Will Rogers auditorium. 
for anybody that's a world-class fan, every Monday night we wrestled in the real Will Rogers Coliseum. So uh, it, it'll be good. Um, it'll be good. We did San Antonio, San Antonio also drew about 1800 there. And uh, it's crazy. Dell Hansen does a great job. He was one of the top anchor people here for sports for years and years and years. So uh, he was around during the Bonner K day. Well, when it comes to sports, we want to remind everybody that we're excited to announce a new affiliate partnership with fanatics, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear. It's an easy way to support your favorite podcast. You can shop for your favorite players and teams just by using our special URL. That's shopsportsmerch.com, shopsportsmerch.com. Or if you're watching along with us on YouTube, just hit that QR code that's up on the screen now, or check out the description below. And, uh, we've got a link there for you. You can shop with confidence for your favorite jerseys and caps and shirts and jackets and hoodies, everything that you'd want, whether it's NFL or baseball or basketball or college sports, just use our special link shopsportsmerch.com. And it helps support the show as well. Tony, I never know what to expect when we, uh, we watch some old school wrestling, but I learned a lot today. I had no idea some of the backstory with Lance and how all that came together. This was, uh, this was fun going down memory lane, talking about world-class today, Tony. Uh, call me stupid, but I didn't even know that Lance was not a Von Eric. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, I didn't. I well, really it backfired didn't. at the end. You know, the, I think they made a mistake. I was already, I had already left the business, you know, um, uh, Lance kind of went in and demanded more pay. Uh, and, uh, so he got crossways with Fritz and, uh, mm. they didn't want him working anywhere. He went over to Israel and as you know, wrestling was huge in Israel. So, um, Fritz literally decided that they went to the ring and they took the microphone and they said they screwed up and they apologized to the fans, but they've been lying to him and there was no Lance was not a robot. Oh, wow. wow. How about that. Yeah. I think I would have just let him go wrestle. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. He buried him on TV too. I mean, I think I remember seeing somebody write in or have a question or whatever. But there was, I, I remember seeing video somewhere where he was seated. He being Fritz, just telling the whole story before we let you go, David, you know, lots of people are going to watch this movie and, and certainly there's been documentaries made and there's books out there and all that you lived it though. When you see sort of the retelling of these stories that you live, whether it's in a book or it's in a documentary or it's in this Hollywood dramatization, what do you think the biggest misconception about world-class is? And what do you think the biggest misconception about the Von Eric family is? Uh, I think the biggest, um, I, obviously, you know, in the movie, the biggest misconception is Fritz. Um, and, and, you know, he, he came across as an abusive father and he just wasn't that, but, um, you know, it's just hard to say with world-class, um, if I could go, would we change anything? If we could go back and do an over it, I'd say no. Wow. Uh, if, if I wish Fritz would have listened to us, Kevin and I tried to get him to pay for view Texas stadium, the David Bonner Memorial. Yes. And because we had people all over the world wanting to come. Right. And uh, if we would have done it, you know, now the fact we got three more dead Von Erics and, and, you know, Kevin and I talk, uh, he, he's honest about it. Uh, the wrong Von Eric died in Japan. If Dave would have lived, Dave was the business person in the family other than Fritz. 
And so who knows if Dave would have lived and was able to step in, uh, you know, and take over basically as the, the head of world class. Well, go out of your way to watch that special, uh, I guess it was called the first Von Eric Memorial parade of champions, May 6th, 1984. Uh, that's the match that, uh, David suggested maybe should have been on pay-per-view. It would have been just, he, it was funny to think about time, Tony, because you know, November Thanksgiving night, 1983, that's, that's the first starcade. Right. May of 84. That's the first big parade of champions, the Texas stadium show for world-class March of 85. That's when Vince runs WrestleMania. It's interesting to think, you know, because when people talk about the super show and the big show and all that sort of thing, it feels like a lot of people just think it all really got kicked off with WrestleMania. But in reality, Starcade and the parade of champions, they predated WrestleMania. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we just didn't, obviously we didn't pay-per-view it. Right. And, um, but you know, 42,000 people, that was the biggest, uh, attendance ever for a wrestling, uh, a wrestling event at that time. And, um, so, um, you know, and then Vince obviously broke the record up in, uh, Canada with WrestleMania and pay-per-viewed it. So, mm -hmm. you know, well, hey, if, wow. we had, if, if we didn't have the tragedies, it'd be interesting. Right. I agree. It would be interesting to see what, what could have been. Do you think, you know, in an alternate universe, if Carrie didn't have the leg issue, his WWE run would have been different. I mean, I, I didn't grow up with a lot of Kerry Von Eric. The first time I really remember seeing him as a fan was as the Texas tornado in the WWF. And I was a fan of that, but I've heard from people who lived it, who said he was just not the same performer by that point. If he really had a full go. What do you think, uh, his ceiling could have been for Vince? Um, it, if Kerry didn't get the injury, I don't know that we couldn't have, um, you know, um, I'm not going to go into why or any of that, but you know, I left world-class and I was literally, gosh, probably doing 80% of everything. And so, um, there was a lot, a lot of stuff happened then. And, uh, I just wonder, you know, if we could have kept it together and a healthy carry, I think it's a different story here with world-class. And then obviously up in uh, New York, you got to remember when the Von Erich boys went outside of this territory to work, there was a lot of animosity up with a lot of wrestlers about, they felt like, you know, these guys didn't earn it, right? Mm. That it was handed to them. And man, there was a lot of times you could talk about, they were stiff, but sometimes they had to be stiff. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I think they, they really didn't, you, you talk about misconception. I don't think they really got the respect from a lot of the boys that didn't work here, uh, about, you know, did they really earn it? Wow. How about that? Paranoia and jealousy. Who knew that? Existed it, has trans in it has transcended the years in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Mr. Manning, thank you for all the time. I hope everyone enjoyed this trip down memory lane, talking about world-class. Be sure to check out extremetravel.com If you want to keep up with Mr. Manning or catch him live at Will Rogers in March, we'll have a link in the uh, description for you. So you can make an appearance there and go see Mr. Manning in person, man. I appreciate any time we get to, uh, hook up. This was a blast and can't thank you enough for the time. Well, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Conrad, send me an address. I've got about four of these they sent me and I'll send you this article about Lance. Heck yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And thanks for taking the time and 
Tony Schiavone, I hope you have a great time and some safe travels. Of course, tonight, AEW is live. You can still pick up tickets. It's AEWTIX.com. Of course, another collision coming your way this weekend. Man, we're on the march to Sting's last match right now in a big way. Are we not, Tony? Yeah, we're in Jacksonville tonight. Don't ask me where we are on Saturday because I, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do. I just, I, I look at the calendar like on Wednesday and go, Oh yeah, we're going to, oh yeah, we're going to Norfolk Saturday. That's it. What the hell? <laughs> it, how about this, man? You're, you're knee deep in, uh, in Ric Flair, uh, old school Jim Crockett promotions territory. You know, you just had yeah. the big show in Charlotte this past Saturday, this coming Saturday, you're in Norfolk. And then next week, uh, dynamite is going to be in uh, North Charleston, South Carolina. These are mm-hmm. old school JCP towns. What was it like going back to, uh, to Charlotte with the nature boy? It was, was very cool. Uh, He was so well received and it was, it was done so well. And, you know, I've, uh, Rick has been back since, uh, obviously, uh, whenever it was (laughs) (laughs) Philadelphia, Philadelphia, you know, you know, whenever Bush was on his campaign, yeah. Uh, Bush jr. He made an appearance in Charlotte and Flair was there and it was really pretty neat. Whenever he got the microphone up front, he said, Hey, I I'm, I'm glad to be here, but let's talk about the main guy in the room. Yeah. <laughs> he said, Rick. Yeah. He always has a presence. There's no question about that. And, and now in his advanced age, ugly ass suits. Good yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. shit that he wears. My God. Okay. But that's it. <laughs> It's out of the Michael Hayes playbook. It feels like, but at least it fits. <laughs> yes, it does. And, uh, and we hope that we fit what you were looking for with a little nostalgia wrestling. We'll be back next week. having a blast in the meantime, be sure to go see David Manning at will Rogers and check him out at extremetravel.com. I got a link in the description and we'll see you guys next week right here on what happened when with the voice of your childhood, Tony Schiavone. NMLS number 32416, Equal Housing Lender. Did you put Christmas on a credit card? Don't stress out about that extra holiday spending. SaveWithConrad.com can help you consolidate all of your high interest rate credit cards into one much lower monthly payment. SaveWithConrad.com has helped families just like yours save up to $800 a month. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And did I mention no payments until March? So don't make saving money a resolution next year. Make it happen today at savewithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little more about what adfreeshows.com is all about. Get early ad-free access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts every single week, starting at just nine bucks. That's less than 20 cents an episode each month. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple podcasts or your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Ad-free shows also has thousands of hours worth of bonus content and docu-series like title chase, Eric fires back conversations with Conrad and the insiders plus new series like the book with David Crockett, Monday mailbags with Mike Kyoto and Nick Patrick and a whole lot more. And you want to talk about early. You can't get any earlier than listening to the shows live. You can be a part of the live studio audience as we record the podcast. Plus ride shotgun alongside your favorite childhood heroes for live watch alongs, Q and A's and other interactive experiences every single month. Come on now, see for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans from around the world have discovered. 
that adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Check it out today. And hey, when you do, the first week is completely free. Adfreeshows.com.